Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Judgment Call podcast. As always, this is Miles Wilson. Hope you're having a great day, night, afternoon, whatever it may be for you when you're finally getting around to listening to this. And today, yes, I know it's been a while. I told you guys uh, I was moving. I was moving to my first apartment uh, and I've been busy. You don't realize how much stuff that you have in your house until you move into a new one. And you realize that you have nothing. You start cooking food and you realize, wow, I do not have a spatula or, or or anything at all. So you have to go to the grocery store. You have to buy everything. And that's what I've been doing for the past couple of days. Uh, but I've settled in now. So I'm good to go. Uh, quick warning. If you hear a slight buzzing sound in the background, that is my fan. It is hot in here. I have to have a brand new AC unit put in. They're doing it tomorrow. So hopefully this is the last day you have to hear the first and last day you have to hear this slight buzzing in the background. Hopefully I can talk over it. I'll try my best to. But if not, please just bear with me. It's hot. I'm hot. I'm sitting here in a T-shirt and I'm doing my best not to overeat in here. But still, show must go on. But The first round is pretty much over. The only matchup that we have left are the Clippers and the Mavericks first round matchup. And it's it's pretty it's it's actually a really good series. You could argue that Kawhi has been the best player in the playoffs throughout. But Luka's definitely giving him a run for his money. So I'm super interested in this playoffs. But the one thing that I'm not interested in at all are the injuries, the injuries are ruining the playoffs. There is barely a star on any team remaining. That hasn't got hurt. CP3 hurt his shoulder in the first game of that Suns and Lakers series. AD hurt his groin, which robbed us of a series that could have potentially gone to seven games. Uh, Jamal Murray tore his ACL right before the playoffs. And that is a huge, huge piece that the Nuggets are missing. And they, even though they took care of the Blazers, I think they could go just as far as they did last year if they would have had Jamal Murray. Um, unfortunately, MB does have a small meniscus tear in his right knee, I believe, and that is a huge blow to the 76ers team, who I thought had a real chance at making it to the NBA Finals this year. Uh, Luka, Luka did have a cervical strain, uh, even though he overcame it. He's been balling. Um, Victor Oladipo, I don't know how even how much it would have mattered because he really hasn't been the same since all of it. All of his injuries have happened, but he had a quad injury right before the playoffs happened and Miami missed whatever he could have contributed. But it just sucks. Injuries are the worst part of any sports, whether it's soccer, whether it's American football, basketball, hockey, whatever you want to say. Injuries are terrible, man. Nobody wants to deal with this. But now that we're getting more news about the injuries, this Embiid situation is extremely concerning for me. Uh, He missed the rest of the series versus the Wizards. They lost the one game and they finished it out the next. Uh, He'll possibly miss the start of round two versus the Hawks. And I can guarantee you that he will not return 100%. A small tear in his meniscus. uh, Initially, it looked like a bone bruise. That was what uh, was reported to everybody. It looked like a bone bruise, but upon the MRI, MRI coming out, uh, we learned that it is a small tear in his meniscus with swelling. And that is going to take way more than a week of rest to heal. It, it is. It's going to take an entire offseason for that small tear to heal. And if he does come back for this playoff run, He's risking an entire tear of his meniscus. So I'm not sure where the 76ers stand on trying to ease Joel Embiid back into the lineup. Uh, Because 
he, I think they did have a real chance. If Embiid was 100% healthy, I definitely think that they were a threat to get to the NBA Finals and not only get to the NBA Finals, I thought they had a real chance to win the NBA Finals. But without him, I think that the Hawks could give them a run for the money. I do think that they are defensively talented enough to beat the Hawks. They're not going to give the Hawks as many open looks as the Knicks did. It was it was embarrassing how many open looks that the Knicks were giving up versus this Hawks team. Uh, and I just don't think that'll happen with or without Embiid. But with Embiid, you're looking at a clean sweep of the Hawks here. Without Embiid, you're looking at a series that could go six or seven games. And who are you relying on to score? Who are you? Who do you think is going to step up in game one versus in, in the first series when they played the Wizards? You got, what, 37 points from Tobias Harris. You're not expecting Tobias Harris to give you that many points. Um, for an entire series versus the Hawks. That's just not him. He's a great third option. As far as Ben Simmons goes, he's your main facilitator. You're not expecting Ben Simmons to give you more than 20 points per game because that's just not his game. He's just not aggressive, even though he should be. And I wish he were because he has all of the tools he needs to be that kind of guy. He's just not. He's just a passive guy. Um, and I, I just don't understand what's going on. I really wish it would have been a situation where the Knicks would have pulled off this series uh, because I kind of just enjoyed watching Derrick Rose play basketball. If I'm going to be honest with you, he was the second best player in the entire series. This is this was actually his best series since 2011, before he tore his ACL, back when D. Rose was still the D. Rose that everybody knew D. Rose to be. Uh, this series, he was averaging 23-5-4 and four on 50-50-100, didn't miss a free throw, shooting 50% from three, and he was shooting 50% from the field. Um, it was truly impressive to see him do that at age 32. But what a letdown from the New York Knicks to let the Hawks do this on their home court. While talking an incredible – they talked – they talked so nasty to them the entire series, and they backed it up every single step of the way. That's sad. Uh, I know that there are rumors swirling that they want to bring a superstar to New York, but how can you after this? Who would want to play with a team that finally got to the playoffs after, I think the last time they made it to the playoffs was, what, 2012, 2013? That would make it nearly a decade since they've been to the playoffs. And now that they finally got back to the playoffs, they lay an egg like this, and they're letting Atlanta call them whatever they want to, and they're not doing anything about it. That's extremely embarrassing. I couldn't imagine them attracting any free agents, especially a guy like Kawhi Leonard. Um, Julius Randle was awful. If you're getting a superstar, that makes Julius Randle your second best player. And if Julius Randle is your second best player and he's doing this in the playoffs, you have a very large problem. Uh, so I, either way it goes, I think the 76ers would have handled the Knicks if they would have pulled it out. Uh, I also think that they should still handle the Hawks, even though they don't have them. Uh, even though Atlanta was deadly from three, they were shooting nearly 40% for the entire series. They finished shooting 39.1%. Uh, they just got so many open looks that I just don't think are going to happen against Philadelphia. Uh, even though they closed out Washington, I just don't know how they'll continue to maintain leads, uh, especially against the Hawks team that can get high. Uh, you, you saw often in, the, in that Washington series when Embiid went down, uh, the 76ers had a real problem maintaining the lead. Uh, it was it was just 
crazy to see the difference that they don't have a leader outside of Joel Embiid, especially for, I, I keep harping on this, but Ben Simmons is just such a talented player. It is borderline embarrassing to see that he doesn't want to be an aggressive individual and just attack every chance that he gets. Uh, but I get it. That's just not his character. I am just looking to see who will step up in this Hawks versus 76er series. I'm probably going to go catch a game. Atlanta's like maybe three hours away. Uh, so I'll probably catch a game three or four whenever that happens. And especially if it goes to a game six, I'll see how the first two game goes. If Atlanta ends up taking a game or two, I'm definitely going to wait to see if I can get a game six, because that should be great. But aside from the series that hasn't started yet and won't start until I believe Sunday is when this series starts. Let's go with the series that is starting later today. We have what I think is going to be the best series in the entire playoffs. We have the Bucks going up against the Nets. And in my opinion, the winner of this series is going to the finals. I wish this was the Eastern Conference matchup, the Eastern Conference Finals matchup. I wish this was the one seed versus the two seed, and we got to see these guys, and they were playing for a bid to go to the finals. Uh, but unfortunately, we can't have it my way. Uh, but aside from the fact that this is just going to be a fantastic battle between three dominant stars on this bet, on this Nets team versus a two-time reigning MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo and a retooled Bucks team, uh, I really want to see how the Nets address their issues on defense, because it is bad. Um, I get that they did kind of steamroll Boston, but Boston even taking a game from Brooklyn is not a good sign. That Boston roster without Jalen Brown is bad. And you might be like, oh, well, they have Kimba Walker. Kimba Walker was terrible in the one game that they did win. Uh, even though Jason Tatum had 50 points, Kimba Walker had like six. and He was like one of seven from the field. He didn't help at all. Nobody on nobody else on the team helped besides Jason Tatum. Everybody else was relatively inefficient. They didn't really do much defensively. Um, and it was just like, wow, all it takes is one of the big three to have an off night for a team without their second best player to come into Brooklyn and win a game. And I'm like, wow, if something like this happens to the Bucks, this this is over. This Brooklyn experiment is over. And I, there was no reason at all, no matter how many points Jason Tatum scored. I don't care if Jason Tatum scored 100 points. There, There's no reason for the Celtics to have won a game in that series. And that brings to me major questions about this Nets defense, uh, because thankfully they've taken DeAndre Jordan out of the lineup because he's terrible. But who do you have that can stop Giannis? Kevin Durant is not a good defender. Uh, James Harden, not a good defender. Kyrie Irving, don't even think about it. You're, you're a defensive anchor now. Your starting center for this Brooklyn Nets with this current lineup is now Blake Griffin coming off of several injuries, even though he's dunking, who cares? He's not a good defender at this age. Um, he's not going to put in an incredible amount of effort, especially with the wear and tear that it's going to do on his body. Uh, I guess Nicholas Claxton has been getting a bit more playing time, but there is no way you expect to put Nicholas Claxton just because he's a bit more, a bit athletic, a bit high energy guy coming off the bench. There's no way you expect to put him in and think that that's going to slow Giannis down at all because it's not. Giannis is going to embarrass him. Giannis already averages 39 points versus this 
Nets team this season. They've played three times this season. Um, and even though the Bucks did win, take it with a grain of salt. They didn't have Harden for two of the losses. And the one game that they did win, they had, I don't believe they had Kyrie, but I think they got like 20 points from Joe Harris. And uh, DeAndre Jordan also gave them about 15. Uh, but either way, I just – I cannot see – them slowing down Giannis at all. So I have to think, how is Steve Nash going to come up with a game plan to beat this Bucks team? It's going to be extremely impressive. All three of the games, even though they didn't have Harden for two of the regular season games, they were extremely close. Uh, so for the two losses uh, that they didn't have Harden in, I think they were both at least five-point games. And the one game where they did have Harden, uh, they only won by two points. So hopefully they can get Jeff Green back, who at least provides a little bit of defense. He's not going to be enough to slow Giannis down, obviously, but he is much better than Blake Griffin defensively. Um, also, taking DeAndre Jordan out of the lineup is one of is is it's so random because the only reason that Kyrie even joined the Nets was because they were going to sign DeAndre Jordan, uh, but. I guess now that they got their friend, his money, they're like, well, I don't care. Now let's focus on winning, which kudos to them. Everybody eats. I can agree with that sentiment. But the only weakness that the Bucks have on their entire starting five is shooting guard. They have Bryn Forbes and Pat Connaughton. Uh, but that hasn't really affected their defense very much. So even though the, the Nets have this three-headed monster in Kyrie Harden and Kevin Durant, you have answers for that sort of kind of you can put Drew Holiday on Kyrie Irving and even though you're not going to you're not going to shut down Kyrie Irving you can make him shoot a little less efficient you want Kyrie Irving to go out there and shoot seven for 22 you want him to shoot nine for 20 you want him to have a game where even though he's going to go out there and he's going to get his points he's not going out there and getting his points so efficiently that it's a detriment to your team uh, but also you have Giannis who you can put out there and use either as a weak side defender to help uh, when Harden tries to drive to the rim, or you can stick him on Kevin Durant. Uh, you also have Brooke Lopez, who is, even though he's not a great defender, he is a good shot blocker at the rim. So you're going to have to force uh, the Nets to beat you from three, which they can, but they also have guys who can get out there and close out. They have some solid defenders all around, but I think it's going to be a very interesting battle for both teams. But there is a clear advantage for the Bucks here. The defense is just so bad that it's going to be an uphill battle for the Nets, no matter how many points that they score. All the games that they played in the regular season were very high scoring. They didn't have any grinded out games that were 102 to 105, and it's coming down to who could play the best defense in the final possession. It's, hey, who's going to get the most timely stops? We know we're both going to score. Who is going to get the stops when we need them? And it tended to be the Milwaukee Bucks. And that is a trend that I can continue to see going into this series. Um, I think that this is going to be a series that goes to seven, no matter who wins. I think that the Bucks are going to win just because they're a better team defensively and they are no slouch offensively. Uh, the only thing that has been holding the Milwaukee Bucks back these past two seasons has not been Giannis. It has been Eric Bledsoe and they got rid of Eric Bledsoe. Uh, my Eric Bledsoe was Miami's best player far and away during that series. The, even though Giannis had an ankle injury, uh, they couldn't get anything going because, hey, we can double off of Giannis because Eric Bledsoe is wearing a Miami Heat jersey, but he's playing for the Bucks. 
And now that they've got rid of him and they have a much better player in Drew Holiday, uh, I think it is going to pose a huge problem for this Nets team. Um, I just want to, I just, I really have to think who has more to lose. Uh, this is a huge experiment because I believe that both Kevin Durant and James Harden have expiring contracts this uh, postseason. So if this experiment doesn't go out, do they resign? Do they try and do this again? But then you look at Giannis. Giannis has never made it out of the Eastern Conference Finals. Giannis is a two-time MVP with pretty much nothing to show for it. Uh, who has more to lose? The two-time reigning MVP who has to show that I can get to an Eastern Conference Finals and make that next step to get to a Finals? Or these three guys who are trying to prove that hey, uh, we can get it together. Um, KD has to prove that, hey, I don't need Kyrie. I don't, I'm not, excuse me. I don't need Curry. I don't need Clay. I can go do this with two other guys. Harden is trying to prove that he can actually make it to a finals after falling short for so many years. And Kyrie's trying to prove to people that he can do it without LeBron. So I think this is just, so. there are so many interesting storylines following this just following this series, uh, I wish this was a series that was right around the corner for me, like the ATL one is, because I would so much rather catch uh, this this Nets-Bucks game than an ATL one. But this is definitely, definitely going to be must-see TV, and I think this is going to be the most interesting series that we have this year. Uh, also, speaking of interesting series, the one that we missed out on uh, that – kind of died once AD got hurt is I you gotta be happy for Chris Paul like even though you hate that it took one of the Lakers best players getting hurt you have to be happy that Chris Paul is advancing and he has a very good chance at making it to the NBA finals I always saw this series as whoever wins this series just like the Bucks Nets series whoever wins the series has the best chance of making it to the East, the Western Conference Finals and making it to the NBA Finals. And now that they've taken care of the Lakers, who obviously pose the biggest threat to every other team in the West, I think the Suns are the clear contender to make it out of the West. Uh, the Jazz just really don't scare me. I'm not scared of the Nuggets without Nikola Jokic. Um, this Mavs roster is not good, so I'm not really terrified of them. Uh the Clippers are not a good roster either, Like even though they have Kawhi Leonard, who's been absolutely fantastic. They have Paul George, who looks like George Paul. Their third best option is Nicholas Batum. That is not a good sign. That doesn't scare me if they happen to make it to the Western Conference Finals, and that would be have to, who the Suns have to take on. It just doesn't. So um, I don't know. This is, it, it is very unfortunate that this is how the series – ended. Uh, it sucks that AD was done. It sucks that the Lakers are out. Uh, it sucks that LeBron isn't in the playoffs anymore. Uh, it is, but it's great that we get to see a new champion. It's not going to be Steph Curry in the NBA anymore, or in the NBA finals anymore. It's not going to be LeBron in the NBA finals anymore. Uh, at some point, we will figure out who the new champion is going to be. And that's exciting in its own right. Uh, it could be Giannis. It could be KD. I, I kind of, that's why I kind of want to see the Nets get eliminated. I think the most interesting storyline would be we are going to get a new champion no matter what, whether it's Jokic pulls off something amazing, whether Luka has an amazing run, whether Chris Paul finally gets his flowers or Giannis finally breaks through and gets him a ring. 
I would love to see that much more than something predictable like, oh, the Nets super team worked out. Katie has another ring. I just feel like that is a much better story. Um, so even though I would love to see CP3 um, make it to a finals, I do love that all of the champions of years past are being eliminated, at least for this past decade. I believe the past eight finals have had either Braun or Stefan. And then obviously Braun has had the incredible run where he's just made it into every finals for what uh, it was the past before that uh, season where he didn't make it into the playoffs. It was what the past nine finals, it was nine finals in a row. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but still I, I would, I would have loved to see 80 come back, but I do love the fact that CP three uh, finally has a chance to get a ring. Uh, but a guy who also is probably going to end up like CP three, if he's not careful is Damian Lillard. Uh, Dame needs to run from the grind. He kept telling people that they don't need to run from the grind. They need to stay where they are. They need to work hard. Working hard has not worked for Damian Lillard. Obviously, he's great. Working hard has worked for his craft, but working hard has not gotten his team anywhere. His team has given up on him. They just stopped trying. He dropped 55 points, 12 of 17 from three, and everybody was just looking around waiting for him to do something cool again. And it's just like get Dame some help. They they fired Terry Stotts. Maybe the next guy that they bring in will have a new philosophy that'll help people uh, come into the system and play better. But they just they're inconsistent more than anything. They they have inconsistent scores. Uh, their defense is bad. Nurkic is not good. Um, Enos Cantor doesn't play defense. Even though I like I like what Enos Cantor does offensively. He's a great rebounder. Uh, I actually do love his game. I would say love. I like his game offensively, but what he does defensively is cancels out everything that he does offensively. And when you're having a guy like Dame on your team and the second best player is supposed to be CJ McCollum, but he's seven of twenty-two when Dame has fifty-five. Nurk's fouled out. Norman Powell's five of fourteen. Mellow's three for 11. You have to look at the organization from the top to the bottom. The Blazers organization has failed to build a sufficient team around Damian Lillard. And now that he's signed his contract to be there for four more years, you have to think that he's ready to go. Uh, even though he's not going to outright say it, he's not the kind of guy that's going to force a trade. He is. He has to be more vocal about what's going on in this team. He's already said that the guy he wants to be head coach is Jason Kidd. I assume that the Blazers organization has to take his word and they have to go get Jason Kidd. I, I have to assume this is also going to extend in to free agent acquisitions. If Kawhi Leonard doesn't pick up his option, you have to think that Damian Leonard is going to be like, hey, Go get Kawhi. Get me somebody else. I need help. I want to get to a finals. I want to win. I want to bring home some hardware for this organization. And the way this roster is currently constructed, uh, it's not ready. And he has no reason to be as loyal as he is to this franchise. But he is. He could be in Utah. He could be with the Clippers. He could be in Miami. He could be in Philly. But he chose Portland. This is where he wanted to be. This is where he wanted to build. And... I mean, good for him. Uh, loyalty is not overrated. There is definitely something special about being this loyal to an organization. I get it. But as a fan of the sport, Damian Lillard deserves better. Um, he like they Something's got to give. If they're not going to build around him, then they have to let him go. That is the last thing they want to do. So I expect to see a much better Portland Trailblazer team next season for the sake of Damian Lillard's career. 
get this man some help. Uh, also, uh, Kawhi Leonard is a guy who is in the same boat as Damian Lillard, except he can actually go somewhere. Uh, I think the outcome of this playoff run is going to shape the Clippers' future. Uh, and even if the Clippers come out of this series, I think Kawhi is done here. Uh, there's no reason that Kawhi should have to put on the kind of performance that he did for the Clippers to eke out a win versus a bad Mavericks team. This is not a good roster. Your third best player being a combination of Dorian Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. is not good. This, this does not make up a good roster. Um, and I have to believe that Kawhi is seeing that. Uh, he's arguably been the best player in the playoffs. He's averaging 33-4, 8 These are insane numbers on insane efficiency. And he just had another incredible performance tonight to give the Clippers um, a 3-3 tie heading back to Los Angeles. If they go back to Los Angeles and they lose that game, you have to expect – that by August 1st, which is the deadline for him to decide whether he wants to pick up his player option or not, he's not going to do it. He has way too many options to decide where he can spend the either the rest of his career, the next few years of his career, instead of being stuck in an organization that not only isn't good good enough they're not, they don't really have the assets to be any better they've traded away all their picks they've pretty much invested everything that they can into the way this team is currently constructed and it's just it's not good uh, like guys like a, a Vika Zubac can't even play on the the court because they're just not good enough they're a liability on one end of the one end of the quarter or another and it, it's like well what can we do from here and the answer is not much it's really just up to Kawhi to decide if he wants to keep playing at this level and you can tell that his body is not meant for it. you after dunking on Kristaps he's getting up hobbling holding his hamstring and he's after that, he's going back hitting three after three, making play after play. And it is like, wow, is anybody else going to step up? You get the one straight three from Paul George, but it's like, that's not enough. Kawhi is literally putting this entire team on his back and he cannot keep up this pace for potentially three more series, especially if they get if they all go six to seven games. He's going to need some help. He's going to need his role players to take over at some point and give him something. I get at least uh, the entire starting five into double figures. Kawhi is out there. He's out there drowning, man. He needs something. And I think that anything short of making the finals is, in fa is a failure here. And I think that he's gone. Uh, I think that I really think that he's done now. Uh, this is He's just carrying too much of a load for this Clippers roster. Uh, and the lack of help that he's receiving from his teammates is – it sucks. It, like, it, it's it's not it's not a fun product to watch. Well, it's a fun product for me because I like watching people go off. Like, I watch – I like watching Hooper's Hoop. But watching everybody else brick shots and your second best player in the game was Reggie Jackson – is this that's nuts that is a that is a nasty sentence to say your second best player was Reggie Jackson and at 29 a two-time champ he could easily opt out and go win a championship in a place like Miami uh he could possibly go to New York and see if things could work out there he could go to Memphis and see what's going to work with John Moran Chicago 
ATL. He could even go to Dallas. They have the cap space to get him. Um, I think that anywhere but the Clippers is a much better fit than what they have going on right now. Um, and then especially with the way the young guys have been playing, you got to think that it's it's really enticing. Uh, the young guys like Trey Young, he's talking his shit and backing it up. He's, he had a 3-1 lead on the Knicks. He was hearing the guys on in New York say, oh, we're going to go in there, we're going to win this game, and we're going to try and keep the series going. And the next thing you know, Trey Young is d- taking step backs, taking a bow to send, send them boys home, send them back to the bodega, man. He's averaging 28 and 10 on the series, sending people home. And th- the same thing with Luka. Luka's trying to send the Clippers home right in front of his face. And you see that he is single-handedly destroying this team. And pre-injury, he's averaging 33-8-8, eight eight, been unstoppable. John Moran has been electric since the play-in. He averaged 27-6-6 six six in the play-in, and then he's averaged 31-8-4 in his first ever playoff appearance. Um, it's just like it's too easy. Once he learns the channel, that, that chaotic energy that he has about his game, he's going to be unstoppable. So you have to think that these other destinations are just way more interesting for Kawhi than this pitiful – it's just a really bad Clippers roster. Uh, but that's it, man. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the playoffs now that we've really got a feel for what's going on, how things can play out. A couple of the injuries, hopefully, hopefully no more happen. I don't want to see a Giannis ankle injury. I don't want to see a KD tweak the Achilles or harden anything. I want everything to stay the way it is. I want the playoffs to play out just fine. Hopefully Embiid can come back healthy so we can have the man back in his MVP form. But until next time, This has been Miles Wilson for the Judgment Call podcast. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you, and I cannot wait to keep bringing you guys consistent content going forward. Uh, I'm out. I will see you guys later this week. I'll actually be out of town this weekend, but I'll be back on Monday. So it's really just a two-day short trip. I've been gone longer. Expect to hear back from me on Monday. Y'all guys be easy. Have a great day. I'm out.